It's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation on live hiphopdaily.tv. And this episode is sponsored by Atlantibus Clothing. Everything from our Drug Lord collection to our Atlantibus collection, Return of the Viper collections are all available for purchase tonight. And if you stop by the website between 9 and 11 while the show's rolling, use promo code Cash Color Cannabis at checkout and save 10% off your entire order. So please go to atlantibusclothing.com and shop tonight. I right, man, I got a repeat guest in the building, man. This dude, I've been here several million times, but he's actually a very influential person. That's why I keep. That's why I keep bringing him on here. Whenever I have questions, this is a guy I go to, especially when we have questions about legislative issues. We have questions about uh, medical marijuana in Georgia. We want to talk about mayoral races. Mm-hmm, this is the activist. Mm-hmm. This is the community engagement guy I come to, and that's my guy, Chris Brown. What's up, Brown? Man, what's going on, King? Man, I'm look for one. You I, you I, you overdressed me. Like I feel like the minute I saw you come up outside, I was like, bro, what you doing, man? Like, uh, give me a heads up. Man, we working, man. I could have came suited up too, man. Look, no, we gotta get you out here on the road with us, man. You got me. Yeah, shit, man. <laughs> yes, man. I told you, I'm done with my. My street work and my, them works, that's days is over. Now I use my activism behind this microphone. Yes, yes. I'm done door knocking. I'm done doing all that, man. Unless it's a good cause. Like if you was running for mayor and you said, I need some doors knocked, I'm, I'm out there for you. Out there. I'm uh, out there for you. Four years from now, we might consider that. Hey, man. Hey, look, look. Let, you know, we got to talk about that, man, because I love to be lieutenant. I love to be something, man. Let me be a second. Nah. Let me be up in here. Nah, listen, I'm going to stay in my lane, come man. Up, come up with a mecca com- commission, man. Like, like yeah, right, right, man. right. We'll create some shit. <laughs> but, yeah, that's your cre- clearly, y'all say it's my man, Chris. I've known Chris for a good time, man. Um, and you definitely somebody I know who's very knowledgeable on all these topics. So I'm like, there's no way. I'm listening to a situation where we're about to have six licenses get announced in this in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, as you corrected me, four. You know, saying in, in reality, but we're gonna get into this conversation about medical marijuana again, the mayoral race, crime in the city, a lot of stuff, man. So, um, Chris, before we get into all that, um, for those who don't know and maybe have missed one of your episodes, please tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Chris Brown. <clears throat> I'm a community activist, uh, friend. Uh, Call me what you want, man. I'm just out here. I'm everything community. Um, just out here just trying to make a way for the people, make sure we keep our people inclusive on in what's going on. Uh, definitely a part of this cannabis community. Yeah. Uh, patient, advocate, friend. Yeah, man. He also, he he's he being really, really um, kind of humble tonight, man. He's also very influential on the music side down here, <laughs> too, man, for the longest, for the longest. Hey, man. Hey, so, um, but tonight, like I said, I do want to get into several topics, and we're going to start the first one off with this discussing the state of MMJ in Georgia. You know, um, people have been on pins and needles over the last couple of weeks because we've been waiting to see who's going to get these licenses, who's going to be opening up these shops, like what's about to happen. And I thought, again, like I'm hearing very little actual what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even, even when I've tried to figure out what's happening, I keep feeling like I'm getting hit. With, with silence or whatever. So, um, Chris, what's your opinion? Like, what do you feel like the state of MMJ is going right now, especially knowing that we are about to have six licenses? We have to have six names that we're going to know what's going on. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about the, the state we're in right now? Access. <laughs> we got access. Access is on the way. So, you know, the, the wait is over. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long process. It's been a long journey. Uh, we started this process in 2015. It's now 2021. I think the process is over in terms of just getting cultivation. Uh, there's still a whole lot of work to do, but, you know, the first leg of, of, of that journey is now, you know what I mean, about to take place. And so sometime this week, this week hopefully, uh, we'll hear who is those awardees. Yeah. So you got your ear to the street, man. Have you been hearing who's going to – who what, what names might get, get mentioned? Um, hey, man, like I said, I, I try to stay out of it personally because, you know, everybody, you know, Got a crew, a clique, somebody they co-sign with, somebody who's the next, the next wave to get it. So, yeah. you know, um, 
I kind of stayed out of that whole little piece there, and so I'm excited. I want to be. I want the excitement to be just as good as it was if, if I wasn't in it. So, yeah. And I want the excitement to stay for the patience because when you mentioned you mentioned the keyword here, it's about access. It's about having the ability to do something. Like when we have we have cars here that you can actually get medical marijuana, MMJ, mm-hmm. but there's been no place to go. You know what right. I'm saying? Like the, right. to really get it. So you almost had a, a useless card if you were somebody who needed it for medical purposes. So really, I want to see. I pray that we keep that energy going for the patients because. Mm-hmm. Right now, it seems like there's more energy out here for businesses. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everybody, you know, what I mean, it started out about patience, and once we got the legislation passed, you know, what I mean, that was that was those critics who wanted to see for recreational legalization and adult use, yeah. uh, and that was those people who was who was happy because we had the first step of getting some access for those people who are patients. Uh, that mean that meant no longer going out of town trying to run and you know, what I mean, go across the lines and bring. Uh, your medicine back into Georgia. So, uh, like I say, it's, it's it's a big state for patients, uh, a big win for patients. But we still have so far to go. You know, yeah. since since COVID has happened, you know, uh, I think patients have probably patients patient qualifications have probably went up uh, through the roof. You know, especially when you talking about we was talking about earlier PTSD. PTSD, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since COVID started, everybody everybody qualified using PTSD. Yeah, man. man. This, all this racial trauma. Uh, everything's going on, man. It's a lot, you know. So I think that for our patients, you know, what I mean, I'm really praying for them because a lot of people are still suffering out here. That's just the real um, out in the community. There are people that seem to be okay, but it's a lot of people suffering out here, man. Man, there's a lot of people suffering out here. I feel like um, we we ignore a lot of mental issues in it. Well, not just in this state and in the city, but overall. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing people who I'm not saying mayor, um, um, cannabis can solve all these problems, but buddy, we need to start opening up some doors to what could solve them. You know what I mean? Because you can't have what you see downtown on the trains. Like, we're watching people basically just split. I don't know how much you be on the Marta. Boy, going to Marta right now is starting to look like New York 1982. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> People is out here just out here at this point, right. and you confused right. as to how you even got to this point. Right. Like, it wasn't like this prior to COVID. I almost feel like, yeah, it wasn't like how this How we moving? Yeah. <laughs> how is it moving, man? It's crazy. Um, do you feel like the process to get this far here to where we start getting the cultivation licenses, do you feel like the process has taken um, too long? <sighs> I guess when you talk about process and something that, that's definitely uh, – Lucrative yeah. in value. Uh, you want to take your time. Uh, you want to get the best qualified candidates to 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 go through, uh, and you want to see. So there's some other things that we want to see, like social equity. You know, what I mean, we want to see a more diverse group of people uh, being awardees. So I think the process with with the addition of COVID uh, made the process a little long. I think uh, the original uh, deadline was extended, and then came COVID right after that. So. Yeah. Yeah, and we saw, you know, it's, it's touching on social equity. You know, um, has there any has the language for social equity? Have you been comfortable with the conversation that's happening? Is there any language about social equity even in this con- even when it came to the licenses? Yeah. yeah. So, so in the original legislation, uh, there was conversations about social equity and set asides. Uh, the original legislation included ten licenses. Uh, once it crossed over, you know, all that was ripped apart. So uh, it was only suggestive, but it was said that we were, that we would revisit uh, social equity and, and those type of conversations in 2022. So hopefully we've got a lot to look forward to in 2022 um, with us just now getting cultivation. So uh, we start now. We don't have to wait to 2022 to start having a conversation. Um, it's a group of people that um, of like minds start to come together to, to try to formulate a Compassion Act for Georgia. Uh, you definitely need to be in that conversation because uh, it's about educating ourselves about what's going on, what we want to see. It's about planning. It's about understanding people that are that are patients, understanding that there are qualified conditions that they can become educated on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but didn't see a lot of physicians. You know what I mean? In terms of people knowing how to go to physicians and get a, and get a, a card yeah. and get registered. So uh, we still have a ways to go. Uh, but I think again we we going in the right direction. Everybody's definitely on everybody's radar right now. My phone has definitely been hot. Uh, I, you know, being a person that was on the ground trying to get people on on board a couple of years ago, uh, those same people saying, "Man, you said it, man. You man, we ain't think so. Man, yeah, yeah. What's going on? What do I need to do?" Yeah, yeah. Well, right now, like, and I'm glad you mentioned that as well. It's, it, it's really a good time to really crank up the education part. You know what I mean? Because between patients and, and doctors, primarily, you know, aside from Doctor Hodge, I can't name another doctor. <laughs> who, who Shout even, out Dr. Hodge. Yeah, who didn't yeah. have a conversation, which I can't name another one. And, and well, excuse me, Dr. F- and, and, Dr. Um, Felicia. Dr. Felicia as well. You Dr. know, Felicia. I can't name other in, other than those two. Mm-hmm. So we really need to get the conversation ramped up as far as educating patients on now you can do this. No, for real. Now you can yeah, do this. We and have, you can go to these doctors. Yeah, but we have to do that because I think there's even language that kind of prohibit them from advertising in such a way. Uh, so it's one of those conversations where community got to really drive the conversation, especially the black community, yeah. uh, those who have already been disproportionately aff- affected by it, um, you know what I mean, which is I mean, ultimately how we got more house school of medicine, uh, which is to advocate for black doctors and, and, and the black families and our black needs, you know what yeah. I mean? So, again, we are here suffering. Black lives do matter. All lives matter, but all lives can't matter unless black lives matter. Uh, and we have to start taking care of ourselves. It's time to start the healing process and start moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and speaking of Meharry, man, we need to we need to maybe roll up to um, Morehouse School. You know, what I'm saying and start yeah. and start there. Like that's probably the best place. You you're mm-hmm. you're a breeding ground for black doctors, right. and it's also in the middle of a of a neighborhood that you talk about from PTSD to high blood pressure to almost yes. every ailment possible is going on around you. Like, let's start having this conversation about alternative medicines. Yeah, so so. <clears throat> We're having definitely having a conversation. We just had a conversation recently. Uh, shout out to Dr. Hodge. We had Dr. Hodge with the Police Foundation and some other uh, stakeholders in, involved in the conversation. And you know, what I mean, I, that's me big on just bringing the conversation to the community. Uh, and it was very well received. Uh, we got to do more of it. And you know, it can't just be about the recreational use of people just saying, "I just want to smoke," because that's only one uh, consumption method mm-hmm. of being able to take it. So. It's, there's a lot of education that will happen uh, moving forward. We have no choice right now. So conservation is here, and we're going to also push for the state to put more money into education uh, so that, uh, well, we might see a lot of people can drop in and <laughs> talk about money, but um, the education is definitely needed. So we'll keep this thing pushing, and uh, hopefully we'll see flower next year. Let's, 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 you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm with you. There was a lot of times where if you if you to say, when did we see this, that, or the third happen in Georgia, I'd have been like, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, like right, like right. they slow motion and the people we have in place, I'm not really I'm not really sold on. But yeah, hopefully we do see flower next year. Hopefully we see we do see well, that conversation. But we're not we, we, well the thing about it is, you know, we're in the best position that we could be in as a medical state. You know what I mean? Five percent the highest that we have in the country. Um Again, we we should be pushing to add flour for re- for research purposes. You know, uh, there's some people that the oil just it just won't affect. Yeah. You know, so they need higher doses, higher concentrations. Uh, this is an opportunity to involve our land grant institutions. Uh, it's also for a lot for research and development. So, hopefully, that we can compel our, our legislators to get involved, uh, get involved at the local level, get involved at the state level. Um, call your legislator. Uh, there will be a national Black Caucus meeting here, I do believe, in December. So there's enough time to organize about what we want to see, having conversations, educating the people, and uh, and there's a, there's a local election going on. So, you know, 
those those local legislators could also, you know what I mean, lobby, use their lobby dollars from the local end uh, to start preparing because we start talking about dispensing and everything else. That's happening at the local level. Yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't really heard of any politicians since um, the last mayoral race even speak about cannabis in any way, shape, or form, whether or not mm-hmm. they, they... Have you heard it from, from any of them? Like, I know we about to we about to touch into a mayoral race soon, like, as far as conversation, but have you heard it from anybody, from even Kasim or whoever the hell's running against Kasim? Like, like, <laughs> like, speak about, speak anything about this, you know what I mean? Because this is something that is literally happening in the state and it's going to affect the city like have you heard any of the, any of the candidates i haven't personally i yeah. think it, i think it kind of fell, it fell by the wayside i hadn't heard, heard that in a couple of years now yeah. uh, other than other municipalities trying to start the conversation uh, like john's creek uh, I, I have heard from south fulton uh, they wanted to kind of put a commission together um, but there, there needs to be more progressive conversation around the topic. So yeah, yeah, man. So um, let's let's roll into the mayoral race. Uh, we, we was lightweight joking. Um, I'm not going to give y'all my full opinion about uh, it's not and it's not even specifically about Kasim Reed. It's just about how people in Atlanta actually pick people. But um, Kasim Reed running for mayor again. I thought that was hilarious when I first heard. It. Actually, I thought it was a joke when I first. <laughs> serious, like I'm gonna say this. I, I'm gonna say this out loud on my show. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was straight up a joke. I'm like, why would he do this again? Like, like, bro, you barely won last time. Like, you like. Mary Norwood almost like clipped you up. Hey, Why man. are we doing this again? Um, but right now he's running again. I don't mm-hmm. even know who's running against him. I think it's another twelve people we got to figure <laughs> out over the time. Right? Like, how do you feel about the mayoral race, man? Are you excited? Are you are you intrigued like I am about who the hell is even going to be running? Like, who's going? Who are we going to wake up in November? You know, whenever and see a new mayor. I'm 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 kind of concerned. Yeah. You know I mean, ultimately, um, um, two, 2017 we were sitting right here. Having the same conversation when mm-hmm. we had an overcrowded mayoral race, and bro, had, the whole city council <laughs> ran, <dog>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we lost, and we lost half the city council. The whole city council, right? Ran. And so now with the, the other half is at state right now. So um, it's just interesting, you know. What I mean, coming out of COVID for me, uh, I got a chance to see a lot of pieces. You get a chance to see the real leadership, like who's really leading, mm-hmm. who who's able to lead during this crisis, and and who's just going to be followers. You know, I mean, who's making the real decisions? Who out there with the people? You know, so it's going to be interesting. Yes, a lot of people have put their bid in for mayor, for mayor since Keisha decided that she wasn't going to to run. Uh, with Kasim running, uh, it puts you back in the mind of Manor Jackson. You know, Manor, mm-hmm. Manor Jackson was our, was our only three time mayor, mm-hmm. um, and 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 for Keisha to be a homegrown mayor, uh, she was only a one term mayor. Which is very different. Yeah. So I mean, she volunteered for that too. Like she could have ran again. Right. So, so that's what I'm saying. That's what makes history uh, interesting at this point in this cycle is that we kind of history kind of repeats itself, but this is a new history because we always had two term mayors. Yeah. So we have a one term mayor, which happened to be the first homegrown mayor. Uh, so it's very interesting. Uh, Kasim put his put his beard in and it sucked the air out of the whole room. <laughs> that's why I thought it was a joke. I'm like, bro, you can't be serious, man. How do you so? What's what's your opinion about Kasim? Because I know we had spoke about it again off air. Do you feel like Kasim would be a solid choice to 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 move into the position of mayor going forward? I can say this part is that I I was working for the city um, back when he became mayor. I had just started working with the union. Um, I just left the city, started working with the union, and at the time, you know, I mean, we was in a deficit. Um, we was in the red. We had uh, several layoffs. Uh, I I want also being a victim of that layoff, and so I also saw that a mayor that was able to bring uh, the reserves into to be healthy. Uh, it's a lot that went into it, pension reforms and a lot of other things that went into it. But what I can say is that uh, things did get better. You know, we we got this cloud that came over City Hall with the corruption yeah. piece. You know, um, but overall, you know, 
we had we don't have an indictment yet. So, uh, and I ain't gonna say yet because I'm not gonna put it on them. But you know, I would think with the feds, you know, you would think that you know you have an indictment by now because it's typically how they work. So I don't know. You know, it's it's like I say again, it's it's, it's very interesting uh, looking at the landscape of the mayoral race, just the mayoral race by itself. You know, yeah. um, got a lot of great candidates. Um, got another cloud that's over that race. Yeah. Um, with another indictment type of situation. But I think that, again, you know, there's a lot of great can- candidates. There's a lot of great energy. I think that people will get a chance to show if they can lead or not, you know, because some people say, wait till I get in there. But I think I see people out here hitting the ground hard, you know what I mean, trying to give their pieces. And a lot of these people are also council members. So I think we got, what, three, maybe mm, three council members that's running for mayor? That's different from last time because, like I say, they all they all jumped up and said we running like all at one time, raised their hand last time. You know, you mentioned um, being a leader and what that and what in and what that entails. Kasim has shown leadership. Like he's been here twice. He does understand the the hoops and ladders and some of the things that goes on mm-hmm. in this city. And one thing that's concerning a lot of people that he I feel like he might be the person who could. Um, when based on this is the crime levels raising in the city mm-hmm. primarily in buckhead like like well, i'm watching people in buckhead like really flip the fuck out like like, like, <laughs> like seriously i'm watching people in buckhead flip the fuck out about what was going yes. on he's the type of person i feel like com- could come into um come into a place and make people feel at least comfortable i don't know if he could solve the problem but at least right. make people feel comfortable how do you feel about you know um just not just kasim i guess but the the this next mayoral race, one of the things is going to be the crime in the city. Like, how do you feel like a mayor, a mayoral candidate should tackle that right now? Like, how should their stance be? <clears throat> well, for me, you know, I mean, it's all about community. So you have to bring the people together. And me personally, I'm looking for a leader that can bring the people together um, and having representation of all your stakeholders and put a having a meeting of the mass because it's going to take that buy in for whatever plan you have, yeah. you know. And, and, and so it's about having the people at the table. Uh, it's about understanding what's, what some of the problems are and what's also some of the solutions, you know. Um, we're actually reviewing now criminal justice reforms here in Atlanta, which I would say is probably one of the most progressive in the country right now. Uh, we don't give ourselves enough credit. Um, crime is up across the country. We have to address it, but I don't think that people are responding to, to policy because our people, you know what I mean, we, we're having these little spats, with council and the, and, the, and the executive branch, and we're not making decisions. Uh, we don't see that form. I don't. I don't see that form of leadership where I'm saying that anybody just stands out and says, "That's my guy." Yeah. Um, so I think with, with Kasim jumping in, like I say again, he sucked the air out. Um, of course, with the name recognition, understanding he was our last mayor. Uh, it was just only four years ago. Uh, it's going to be an interesting. We got about ninety more days, uh, and you got an opportunity to weigh in. So I tell people get get involved, be an educated voter. Um, Find out what the platform is. Find out what the plan is. Yeah. Do you feel like um, crime? Do you feel like the the crime in the city? Like, there's definitely been a conversation. You know, what I, I'm jokingly saying, Buck has been going crazy, but it's really it's been a lot happening. You see it on the news every day. Do you feel like that's a um, who? What 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 is the reason why you feel like we're seeing crime spike in the way it has been? <clears throat> well, if I read the CDC reports as as I did last year, we knew that with COVID, that crime and, and mental health and 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 and, and domestic violence would increase uh according to those reports and that was the that was last report in 2017 um part of the problem in my opinion is that the community so there's a there's a document that's called the community response to mitigating the pandemic uh the lack of community engagement and involvement to policy and how we govern ourselves is also partially to blame mm-hmm. um because we you know i mean we kind of had a battle about crime versus what we're allowed to do versus what we can do 
um, and we we kind of seen that a few a few months ago with the uh, the governor's office and the in the mayor's office uh, was on two different pages, and so again it's about the people who have to, who has to to endure this who has to come up with these plans, and so we have to do a better job of being on the same page. I think that everybody's kind of on this side and left side. And so the crime among teenagers, uh, crimes of opportunity, we've seen a high spike in, um, come to us failing to address certain issues, you know, which again, you have to have all the stakeholders in, involved, you know. Um, I've seen the activism side of things uh, intensify, um, especially in the city. Not so much in the state and almost not at all in, the pu- in, in, in public schools. So when you talk about stakeholders in public schools, we have to be together on how we address that population because we know we have learning loss that has happened during COVID. We know that the disparate um, access to technology is there. Uh, there's a lot of issues that's compounded at the, at the community level that we got to address. Yeah. You know, and speaking of COVID, I feel like that's another thing that whoever's going to become mayor is going to walk into a, a ton of problems that are unique. And mm-hmm. a lot of them are based on COVID. Like you mentioned, mental mental health issues. Now you're having a lot of crime of opportunity. People are lacking a lot of resources from unemployment funds cut off to you still can't get necessarily a job. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're walking into a place that's brand new, man. Like is that? do you feel like um the – all the all that most of the candidates are are even looking at it from that perspective. Like this isn't our typical. This isn't a typical situation you're walking into anymore. Well, that's that's kind of why you have to be grounded with the community. You know, what I mean, you got to really go to the root causes of a lot of situations, and you got to you got to know the people. And th- there's again, um, some of the things is not what we haven't already seen before. Uh, we've actually loosened a lot of laws. So you see, Buckhead and other people talk about how people can go to jail and get right back out. But then we also in a, in, in a spat between whether we let Fulton County utilize the jail uh, for quality of life so that people could actually have a decent quality of life while being incarcerated, um, whether we utilize the jail facility or not. Um, we really got to start having real conversations and making real decisions. Uh, I think the activist community has definitely applied pressure, you know what I mean, uh, which was to agitate and to push for what we want to see. Um, a lot of trigger words and emotions have come out of this. You know what I mean? There are trigger words when you say Black Lives Matter. There's a, there was a trigger words when you say defund the police. We all know what it means. We all understand it. But we're not on the same page with what it really means. And every conversation may be a little different. Yeah, yeah. So, especially defund the police. Man, defund the police can go from anything from we're just going to remove funds to people want to eradicate the police altogether and just come up with another plan. Like, you're right. Like, it literally, we have to come up with a – people have to sit down and come up with a consensus on what these things mean. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, it's crazy. We, we Speaking of the police right now – that's another hot button topic. You know, people are really not. I mean, we haven't been fans of police ever, but right. being, you know, <laughs> being a cop right now has to be one of the hardest has to be one of the hardest gigs. And and I know I've, I've spoken down about police in a lot of different ways, but people do know I do respect police officers. Like mm-hmm. I understand the job that you have to work. Um, what do you feel about? How do you feel about? policing right now like definitely we need to have make some changes but how do we make some concrete changes where i guess it benefits the community and benefits the the police itself because we still need these people out here community like like police in your neighborhoods but you need to figure out a way that you know you're not killing me just because i tripped or i i, I coughed during the wrong time they say conversation rule the nation so you know i mean there has to be more conversation around uh policing and what could it possibly look like understanding to know the person behind the badge yeah um uh-oh Somebody calling you right now, like, man, look, I got a different opinion. Right. Right this second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, in terms of that piece, it's just having the conversations. And there, there's legislation that's actually doing a feasibility study on what it could look like to reorganize um, the police department. It's uh, 
public safety and wellness. Mm-hmm. So looking at the mental health aspect, the wraparound service aspect, uh, the operational departmentalized aspect, how can we make better use of our civilian uh, population, yeah. um, not always being over-policed by somebody who's got a gun and a badge. Uh, so th- that's a conversation. And so they're doing a feasibility study on what they could possibly look like. Um, I think that's going to be a great opportunity, making sure that the, the community is also involved. And um, in, my role, in my role as public safety chair of Atlanta Planning Advisory Board, yeah. um, We've had a lot of conversations around just public safety. Like we're meeting almost every week. Um, the community needs some training and education as well, some, just some civic education around what to do, how to do it. If, if you caught any scenarios, like we have the, the Citizen Review Board. And so that's also a place of being able to uh, have mediation. You know, If you got into it with a police officer that you actually could actually go report that cop. You know what I mean? I think the culture of policing and the culture of community, uh, we don't go, we don't push it as far, you know? Mm-hmm. We, we, we push it while we're in that emotion. Exactly. We're in an emotional state right now. People act way more off emotions. And, emo- and when you start acting on emotions, it's so hard to slow down and get into the common sense side of things. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not anti-cop, even though I don't fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I literally understand the role of the position. I feel like cops and teachers, are, are these are two most in, in, like important things in your community, and mm-hmm. both of them, I feel like, aren't, even fairly compensated. Like, like, I don't feel either one of them, a teacher nor a police officer. Like, we got to figure out ways to really get, which is why you don't get qualified teachers or, or police officers. So compensation is one word, but value is another. Yeah. So that value, so we have some of the highest paid teachers, so, so I heard, uh, in the city of Atlanta. But, you know what I mean, to have that value of, of education, you know what I mean, sometimes it's not just about the money. I watch teachers go put their own money into, yeah, in, into the kids, and it's about the school climate. It's about the community climate. It's about being able to be uh, as one to help that kid be the best the kid that they can be. Uh, I think we're all products of edu- of great education and great leaders and great educators, yeah. uh, especially if they came out of black educators in Atlanta and uh, Atlanta public schools. Um, we came from a place where we wasn't supposed to, you know what I mean, even supposed to be reading and doing these things, but yet we have, we can't, we have the, the AUC uh, where, we've, where we've reinvested into ourselves. And we're just going through a point in time where we have to do the same thing. You know what I mean? We're we reconstructing uh, an era of time where we, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. How, you, how do you feel about um, the new look of Atlanta? You know, you can go from city to city, especially some of the historic neighborhoods that, mm-hmm. you know, and you're seeing a lot of different change, whether it be new houses and HGTV houses popping up to condos popping up, things mm-hmm. that are making people feel uncomfortable in their own spaces sometimes. Right. How do you feel about what you're seeing in the new in this in New Atlanta? I love it on one hand and it's concerning on another hand because we're 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 displacing and leaving behind our legacy residents. Yeah. And so therefore, you know, what I've evaluated is that you know, there's a break in the system and we have to rehaul the system because what what COVID allowed us to, to reevaluate is that money came down, there was a lot of money circulating. How much money actually made it down and the resources actually made it down to the people that needed it the most? And so um, one of my first roles uh, in the planning, in, the planning um, in public safety, I inherited uh, the eviction policy on which, in which we had a moratorium on. Uh, and that's, that's done now. Yeah. <laughs> so so but part of it was to review what, where we were with it and were people actually being able to receive it. You know what I mean, because people were scared. They, they didn't know. They didn't, you know I mean, some people got scared of the paperwork, you know, uh, and that's a real piece. So we needed people to help people guide through the process. And, and that's what community is, you know, it, it, it is what it is. You know, some of those people who are most affected, you know, what I mean, have the most struggles. And so we have to be able to address those struggles. Yeah. 
So I like the way the city's moving up. Like you know, I'm from Boston, and 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 to see Boston even slowly change, it 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 like you say, it concerns me on one end, but another end, I'm looking around like, yeah, I actually like this. I I, I know people who own property over here. It's good to see this property value now being raised, mm-hmm. and y'all be able to take part of that. It's, it's, it's a, you know, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. Like, you want to see stuff grow, but at the same time, you want to make sure that the people who are there benefit in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and, and, you, and you have to raise the living wage. You know what I mean? I think Atlanta did a great piece when they adopted uh, the Fight for 15. Uh, they was a leader in the, in, in the industry to show people in the city of Atlanta that, you know, you could pay a decent wage. Uh, so you need to pay a decent wage. You see how much it costs to live in Atlanta? But that's, that, that's, and, and, and that's the point. So, and, and you can't stop it. It's almost like the invisible hand theory where, you know what I mean, the market is guided by this invisible hand. And so it's about on supply and demand. And so, therefore, you can't control it unless you got good policy. Yeah. And so – and. I've seen challenges in, in people making good policy, you know, for several different reasons. But we have to evaluate it um, and, and address it. So hopefully the, the new mayor and the new council as well, because it's not just a mayor that's running. Uh, often the the mayoral races has, has over has overshadowed those council positions and the, and the school board. Always, man. You know, we're always going to talk about the thing that's that's most sexiest. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and you'll ignore you'll ignore a lot of the things that really impact your personal day-to-day lives. Like you say, school board and shit like that. So um, I'm not shocked. You know what I mean? Like, again, especially when you have big name, well, a big name such as Kasim Reed, like you say, sucks the whole air out the room. We're having more conversation about whether or not you want to see him in office again than who mm-hmm. else is even, what else has got <laughs> down the ticket. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we're having more conversations about that. Hey, so again, we're, Atlanta's in a reactionary state. So uh, to your point, we start having conversations about different issues in public safety, right? Mm. And I'm watching the distractions happen. I know how much I have to put in to keep up with what's going on. So people are like, oh, they didn't tell us about that. Like, but they did. And, and I did too. But, you know, but I'm saying, though, it's going to happen. And we're in that reactionary state. So we have to, we want, I want to see our candidates that's running be more sensitive to the community and understanding that we have a system that, can benefit off of their involvement and engagement in looking at how the system affects policy and how it, it amplifies the voice. Yeah. Um, also, as community, you know, we sometimes leverage the same thing as power. And so, so sometimes we block ourselves from those opportunities that are happening. So, you know I mean, if I said I don't want to see it happen per se, you know what I mean, that's the end of our be all when there was a lot of opportunity. There's a meeting in the middle. Um, so hopefully there'll be opportunities more for mediation uh, and having recourse so that we can do more conflict resolution uh, oriented, oriented type conversations uh, when we have these disputes. What's the opportunity we're going to see of you running for office again? Oh, <laughs> I get calls. I mean, to be honest, um, I've gotten calls all, all year mostly. You know what I mean? Uh, I said I was going to run. I didn't know if I wanted to run. Um, it's a lot. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't just hit the parachute and jump out with leaving some responsibilities that I had. You know, what I mean, even my role in public safety right now, because there's a big void. Um, there's some consideration, man. I, I, I'm I'm not even sure, man. I just it's whatever the people want, you know. Um, because again, the people is the people going to choose you, you know. Um, the money, being able to raise the money, you know. What I mean, again, it's a big race out here. It's a lot of folks running. Uh, we're going to see. I, I can't answer that straight off, but definitely, you know, the issues will be at the forefront. So if I have to use that platform to elevate the issues, hopefully people like Melka can going to jump behind me and say, this is time to round up the troops. Oh, bro, you already know I would, man. Yeah. You already know I'll cause a commotion. <laughs> well, well, there it is. And hopefully everybody that's in here. I'll shake, I'll shake a table. Bro. So so we got time. So, you know, it, 
there's a lot of people running right now. Uh, I want to evaluate the landscape, uh, which is what I've been doing in, in the last few days, but just because it's been a lot of the conversation. And so people have been saying from the community end that we need to be bringing some of the candidates uh, to our platform to, to, to have conversation. Yeah, I mean, all of them. Like, I remember even, like, what was it, um, when the Kwanzaa Halls and, and the mm-hmm. Vincent Force, we had, like, three of them come down here. Like, it was a it was a very different atmosphere, I feel like, at the time. And they was, they was really trying to be – I feel like people are really trying to touch people at that point. I'm not seeing that right now. And it might right. be because of COVID. You know, people are kind of nervous about going places. But I'm just seeing, I'm not seeing, you know what I mean? I'm not seeing no real, I'm not seeing no real outreach. I'm not seeing, I mean, outreach. I'm not seeing no real people come out into the city and actually be places other than the cool, trendy place you're supposed to be at. Like, I can see you at a ball. I'll see you at, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. But I don't see you somewhere having these real conversations. Like, even the, no matter how you feel about Kwanzaa, I watch Kwanzaa go from every independent station, every independent studio in this city to talk right. about decriminalizing, like right. having little roundtables. Like, that's that's real personal to people. Mm-hmm. It's different than just you sitting on the camera and saying, I'll do this, and then, you know what I'm saying? So I would love to see more 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 politicians actually do get out there and actually reach out to people like us and have these kind of conversations well, on these levels. Well, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to go a step, a step further, and we're going to reach out to them. Uh, and that's, just, that's what I'm saying. We have to create these platforms and say, you know what? This is this is our issue, yeah. and we're going to own this issue, and this is our platform. And you want our vote, and you want our listeners, and you want our viewers, and we want to know your position. And and I think that more people who have a platform should be more involved, and there should be more civic engagement and civic civic opportunities to have these type of conversations. So uh, I challenge you, Mel, you know what I mean, to, to, to open up. Let's, let's put our head together. I, I assist, you know what I mean, just to be able to have a conversation because it's, it's much needed. Because it's You're right. It's 90 days coming up, man. We need to start dragging some of these politicians back down here. So, yeah, um, um, yeah let's put our heads together and figure out something and start getting some of these people to actually talk to us right. about what's going on and how we feel. We need to have the Cash Color Cannabis Town Hall. Oh. Oh, everybody got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it. As y'all know, Cash Color Campus started as a live conversation. Like, we was down at the Omen Agency. Like, we can do that. I, yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to do it, man, because I'm, I'm all for the conversation. I'm really, I'm really, I'm pro-Atlanta. Like, I'm not from Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? But I'm definitely want to see the con- Atlanta continue to grow in the way it can grow. And well, I'm all Atlanta, brother. I know you are, bro. Look, down to my socks, I see, baby. man. Down boy to got, my socks, got baby. Outcast socks on, man. <laughs> <laughs> boy got outcast socks on you. You laid it down to the socks. Hey man, I'm a I'm a transplant man, but I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely knee deep involved here. I pay taxes, you know what I'm saying. Right. I, I care, you know what I mean. So yeah, I definitely let it put on a town hall if possible. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you do it. Whatever the cash you, color cannabis town hall. Look at Joe. Joe ready for it already. Look at him. Look at him. You know, pulled up like this. Look, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he took ten steps yeah, forward. Didn't yeah, he? you need I'm me on, right I'm now. On deck. Yeah, what's right up? Now? Town hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's yeah. up, man. Chris, what you do when you're not when you're not sitting when you're not helping with the planning advisory board when you're not out here being in community service? Like, what do you actually do? Like, is there any time you turn down? It's my life, dog. I'm I, I'm be honest. You know, I, I kind of gave a sacrifice to certain pieces. I'm, I found my way. You know, and I'm at a point now where um, I've learned a lot. Uh, I've engaged a lot of people. And so now I want to see how we can make more leaders. These young folks, man, these kids out here, we omit them a lot, man. We got to be able to find a way to engage them in all those type of conversations. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's been one of the things I've planted myself in the community is to see how can I make more products like myself? Because I, I easily could have went left. Yeah. And I've got a lot of friends that went left. And I still help friends that went left that, that now want to go right. Uh, this cannabis conversation is going to help people who want to come out of the black market to come, you know what I mean, to come to the legal market. 
uh, there's opportunity. So um, we talked about that about you coming down to the pop up and start passing out information. Give <laughs> 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 me all these pop ups, man. Pass out some information. Hey, man, listen, it it, it is what it is. You got to be with the people, man. So um, in my spare time, I like I just like to be with my family, man. Like I'm a really family oriented. I love family. Everything in community is family to me. So uh, family is not always blood. Yeah. And so I look at you as family. So. Um, Again, this is just a line of way, man. Until we're able to get the city where we where we need to be, you know, I'm here in the trenches, you know what I mean, in the gaps, filling in the gaps, um, pulling people up to fill in the gaps with us. Chris, man, I appreciate you coming through. You always fill in some gaps over here whenever <laughs> we have questions and people, people shooting notes like, yo, so what's going on, what's going on? I'm like, let me, I know somebody could talk about this, man. <laughs> Chris, I appreciate you coming through. I like that town hall um, idea, man. We have to put that into motion, man. Hey, we have mo- hey, listen, man, if, if we ain't did anything else, we're going to get this flower because we need it. We, we have people that need it. Uh, there's a lot of education that needs to happen. You know what I mean? I'm sure people are tired of getting um, the terpene spray on your, on your CBD. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're getting tired of getting, you know I mean, what, what is this? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real, you know. Um, the terpene there, spray on there, there, There's some real patients out here that really need this medicine out here. So, yeah. Um, Let's advocate, man. You know what I mean, if, if, if this is what we're doing, let's, let's take ten toes down and, and and vote, man. Voting is the way out. Um, I know they say voting is in everything, but we wouldn't be under attack right now if voting wasn't wasn't a big issue. Bro, you talk about what wasn't a big issue, man. They they passed the whole laws to make it an issue. So, so yeah, it was something. So, so so what I'm saying is, for every one they took, we need to get ten more. These voting laws ain't stopping. Nathaniel, we figured, we got the cheat code is what they say. It's the algorithm or whatever you want to call it because we ain't nobody cheating. People just turning out. Yeah. People, people tired of seeing the same old thing, you know, yeah. and you can call it what you want. But uh, get out there and vote your issue, man. Uh, get educated. Be an informed voter. Uh, get involved. Join an organization. Uh, read. Google. You know, it's, it's out there. But November 2nd. Get out there and vote, man. Vote register. You got to be registered to vote. They purged a lot of people this year. Yeah, make sure you're not purged. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah check your check. Yeah, they purged a lot of people this year. So, so if, you, if somebody approach you about just signing up to vote, you know, what I mean, check your status, know your status. It's almost yeah. like you know, what I mean, AIDS. Know your status. It's almost like COVID. Know your status. You know what I mean? It's like voting. You better know your status. Why you, why you these people don't know all three? <laughs> they can't tell, tell you AIDS, COVID, or voting. They just out here. Hey, just out here, they baby. They just know where the hookah at. <laughs> <laughs> I just know where the hook at. Don't ask me all these other questions. Now we joking, man. But definitely, Chris, thank you for coming through, man. Yes, shedding this light. Um, yeah, let's brainstorm on that town hall thing. I might have to make that a reality and um, bring some of these bring some of these politicians to the studio and have a full convo. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Appreciate you coming through, all right. Chris Brown. And that's Cash Color Canvas, a high level of conversation on live hip hop daily TV.